Hello, everybody, and welcome to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast that and it starts... starts right now. Welcome back to McKay's Music Corner, a musical discussion podcast. Well, here we are. We are starting the new year with a new episode, which is really exciting. I've been wanting to record new episodes for this podcast for a long time. Honestly, ever since I finished the last episode that was posted, I've been wanting to. But right around that time is when my work season picked up hectic speed, and I just was swamped at work and feeling completely exhausted creatively. And there were lots of episodes that I wanted to record. As the time went on, it kept getting more and more outdated or not as current. And so it kind of gave me pause of how I want this podcast to work. Because I don't want to feel pressured to keep up with the times or to feel like I have to stay trendy or record an episode within three days of something being released. While it was a stressful time and I didn't get to do as much recording as I'd liked... It gave me a break from the stress of things and gave me time to rethink how I want this podcast to be. So welcome back. It is a new year, 2022. Looking forward to some great music this year. I know a lot of bands have teased or announced albums upcoming for this year. And so it's really exciting. Hopefully not too far in the future, I will have an episode kind of discussing 2021 as a whole in terms of music that will require a bit more planning, so I'll, I'll go over albums and songs that were released in 2021 and how the year was in its entirety, and so that'll be a fun episode to look forward to. So yeah, first thing we're going to talk about is the cover of Like a Virgin by Madonna, and this is a cover that Youngblood does. So apparently this was a song that was done in Los Angeles, it was recorded in Los Angeles, June 30th of 2021, so it's been a while since it was officially performed, but I believe he performed it live along with one of his songs from his second album, and then it was released on Spotify as one of like the official Spotify singles type of EPs where they have a couple of songs that are Spotify exclusive. I always enjoy when artists collaborate with Spotify and do this because it's a chance to hear performances or versions of songs that you otherwise normally wouldn't get to. But this cover is fantastic. I highly recommend it because it really encapsulates his personality and his quirkiness and he gives a an energy of flirtiness to the song that is really fun and exciting. But not only that, he really, him and his band that performed it, really make it their own which is how I believe all covers should be. They shouldn't just be a, a copy and paste of seeing the same words the same way, doing the same guitar. I think they really need to spruce it up and make it their own creative endeavor while still paying homage to the original material. And I think that is something they did here perfectly. So the, the song starts off really awesome. There's this really cool, catchy... I believe it's a bass guitar. It sounds deeper in that way. Um, but at the very least, this really catchy plucking of strings to do that opening. <laughs> it sounds better as an instrument, but uh, 
hopefully you get my point. And then Youngblood starts singing, and it's just amazing. You can hear, it's you're in for a fun experience. And personally, I would say this is one of my, if not top, listened to song of the year 2021. It is definitely in my top 10 favorites of songs that came out in 2021. And as the song goes on, they begin to add different layers of instrumentation that just really complement it. This other guitar comes in and adds like to the second part of the verse. Oh, oh my gosh. I'm just, I'm listening to it as I record and I'm just blown away. I really like it. It's so much fun. Credit doesn't just go to Youngblood here. Credit goes to the whole band that performed it. And forgive me, I don't know the names of his performers. He's one of those artists, you know, that he's the face of it. He's the performer. And then there are, I assume, other parts of the band that are consistently with him as he tours and records. But their names are not so much in the spotlight. But I just wanted to give everyone a, a round of applause for that. Because the band as a whole just really gives it their special touch. It's not just Youngblood, it's everyone that was involved with this song. And it makes it a really different and unique experience from the original song that many love. And with how much I enjoy this, I just, I cross my fingers, I really hope that Youngblood ends up performing this on his upcoming tour titled Life on Mars Tour. It officially begins January 26th in Georgia, and I will be able to see him, looks like the last date of the tour actually, um, March 6th. So I'm really looking forward to it. I, I'm excited to hear his performances of his second album, Weird, as well as, you know, some of his other singles he released in between then. But I, I plead to the musical gods above that he plays <laughs> Like a Virgin on this tour. I, I'll just, I'll scream with glee if he does. The vocal performance on this is great. You can tell that Youngblood's enjoying himself, that he's really letting himself feel the music. It doesn't feel awkward either, which I only bring up because a lot of covers can feel like maybe the singer is a fan of the song, but their vocals or their performance style doesn't really lend well to the song they're performing. And that is definitely not the case with this one. It feels like, with how he performed it, that it, you know, it was perfect. You know, the pieces all fit and came together for this musical joyride. But yeah, that's the first thing I wanted to talk about today. Um, obviously, you should definitely give it a listen. If this is your first Youngblood song you're hearing, I think it is a good gateway uh, song to get to experience all of his music and to get a taste of what Youngblood is like in performing and through his recorded music. All right, so now I'm going to be talking about the main topic of today's episode, and that is going to be Tick, Tick... <laughs> I'll just call it what it is. Tick, Tick, Boom. And in this case, I am talking about the film version of the stage musical by Jonathan Larson. And this is the film that began streaming on Netflix on November 19th, 2021. So going into it, when I, me and Jordan were going to watch this comfortably on our couch, all I knew is that it was a movie about the person who wrote the musical Rent. And being a really big fan of Rent, seeing it live, being blown away by it, seeing the movie, really enjoying it um, as a child. <laughs> Fun fact, I, I had this whole album on my little first generation iPod 
And I remember listening to the songs of Rent, the Broadway musical, while doing a hike for Scouts. <laughs> it's one of the funny, fond memories I have. You know, one of the earliest music memories, you know, having a little iPod, had a cute little lime green case for it that clipped on to my pants, you know, the thing of my pants. And I listened to that while I, while I hiked with all the other manly men. <laughs> Yeah, that's a fun memory I have. But yeah, based on that premise, a musical by, you know, or a movie about a musical by Jonathan Larson, the maker of Rent, I was definitely, my interest was piqued, and so I definitely wanted to to watch this movie. And I absolutely loved it. So not only am, am I going to be talking about the music from the 2021 version of the musical, but I'm also gonna be lightly discussing the appreciation of the film and some of the other film aspects of it. So some of the songs I'd like to highlight, of course, and these are gonna be my favorites, and what I feel are the strongest songs from the musical are the opening song, 3090, the song, Sunday, Swimming, and then the closing song called Louder Than Words. Something I really like about this musical is that Jonathan Larson really has fun with tempo changes and like the speed of instruments and music. In the first song, 3090, it starts with a fun piano. <laughs> Look, I don't know all the technical terms, but it has a fun piano playing that starts to speed up and the tempo gets a bit more exciting and louder and then the singing begins. It's a really cool way to open a musical. And that's something that I noticed within this musical and this film that I feel like other musicals I've seen lately didn't quite have. That you just really need an exciting opening number for a musical for it to really grip you from an early stage. To compare, recently I watched West Side Story, the 2021 film by Steven Spielberg, and I just, I didn't find myself really feeling that energy or that excitement with the first few numbers in that musical. And so it took me until one third of the film had passed until I was finally like, okay, you know what, I'm, I'm sold on this now. Um, but with this musical, just like straight away, it was really exciting. Andrew Garfield deserves a lot of praise for this film because he really gave it his all. I don't think he, he's not known for singing but I think I heard that he started to practice his singing or learn to sing specifically for this film, and I really think that he pulled it off. But yeah, those tempo changes, um, one is done in the opening song 3090 to build up into the exciting opening number, and then another example of that is used in the song Therapy to show the emotional change that starts to happen with between two characters who are in a rocky and frustrating relationship. And they, it's, ah, oh, it's just so cool. It's taking the boundaries, you know, it's taking the, the normal expectations of music and just doing something completely fun with it and inventive, not letting those boundaries or limitations, but just going beyond it and making it work. Another great thing about this musical is that throughout it, there's just a lot of genres and sounds represented and it makes for a very diverse experience. There's some pop, there's some even some rap with the play game, some really fun rock and piano. And that's kind of what Jonathan Larson does really well is like those kind of rock musical numbers. 
The song Swimming is probably my favorite moment in the film, as well as one of my favorite songs from the musical. In the film, it's gorgeously shot. Andrew Garfield's character is getting ready for a, a swim at the swimming pool. And the song goes through the thought process of someone trying to figure out all the things that are going on in their life. And with the lyrics and the, the rhythm of the song, it really captures how stressful and sporadic thinking can be and where the brain tends to go. It captures it really well. That particular scene in the film is shot beautifully, especially when it gets to the breaking point of the song and the character is seeing the musical notes underneath the water and the lyrics appearing. It's all coming to him and it's visually represented in this beautiful shot. So that's why I decided to have that scene be the image for today's episode, because I just think it's so inventive and clever how, how it was done musically. And the moment where the character finally like realizes you know what he needs to do, the beautiful piano comes in and the musical notes and words are, are swimming through the water, the things are changing, and it's, it's so gorgeous. And film aside, just like musically, it it really works as well because you can hear the epiphany happening, the aha moment of this character as he, he figures out the song he needs to write for his upcoming play. And you can hear the vocals of Vanessa Hudgens coming through with the come to your senses, telling him to snap out of it, to realize what you need to do. And it's just a really, really cool moment. It's a, one of the highlights of the films for sure, while also being a really enjoyable song on its own as well. The song performance Sunday is also really fun with how the people in the diner are singing along with Andrew Garfield's character about him being fed up with his job and having to work on perfectly nice Sunday and kind of having this contempt towards the customers who he thinks should be eating at home. And it really comes together with the themes of this musical and how the character really has this envy and this hatred towards people who are rich in a way. You see that come through towards the character Michael, his friend who quits his dream in Jonathan's eyes and sells his soul to the industry or whatever to, you know, make that money. And so there's that tension there that is relatable but sad because it's exactly what Jonathan's character wants. He wants to be successful so he can have the money to have those nicer things. But at the same time, he really has this dislike for people who have accomplished it already. And Sunday is just a really fun musical number that takes place at a diner. And it's almost like a little fun movie set with the pieces that move around. And it's very theatrical. One of the most theatrical performances on the musical and in the film. Now I'm going to highlight some of my, or I guess just two, of my favorite lyrics or lines in the musical. I really like in 3090... This is the line that gets stuck in my head whenever I find myself listening to this musical, and it's the, they're singing happy birthday, you just want to lay down and cry. That's another big theme of this musical is not wanting to grow up, not wanting to get old, feeling unaccomplished at this age, but still feeling so youthful and full of energy. And the thought of another birthday coming up is just really frustrating to this character. And it's very relatable. And it all comes full circle as a, as a whole in the end, uh, but I'll get into that in a second. Um, my favorite lyric comes from the ending song of, of the film, and it's cages or wings, which do you prefer? Ask the birds. 
That's another thing I feel like Jonathan Larson does extremely well is that none of the lyrics are very cliche. They're very, it's very creative. It's not all these perfect rhymes and predictable lyrics and notes. A lot of it surpasses the expectations and catches you off guard in an enjoyable way. And being so profound about simple things too. And then I love how the song, Louder Than Words, ends the musical off with a little piano version of Happy Birthday. And that's where it all ties together. The themes and story come full circle in an emotional and epic way. It does this really soft piano, and then it does this really explosive guitar and drums that end off the musical. And it's a really touching moment in the film as well. Overall, I enjoyed the movie a lot, and I plan to watch it again quite soon, hopefully. I think Andrew Garfield did an amazing job. His singing is really good. It has charm and emotion to it. And those imperfections that may, you know, peek through give it part of that charm because I specifically do not like movie adaptations of musicals where it's heavily auto-tuned and like they really polish up the vocals to the sound to the point where it sounds just artificial. It just it doesn't sound right. And so I think Andrew's performance really owes to whatever success this film is going to get, along with the excellent cinematography and performances of the other actors. Joshua Henry, Vanessa Hudgens, Robin de Jesus, and Alexander Shipp, to name some of the main performers and actors. They all did an amazing job and gave believable emotional performances and as well as their singing parts were incredible as well. And with this musical, I like that you can hear the unique personality and touch that Jonathan Larson gives to his music. And for me, I was able to hear those similarities between this musical and his final musical, Rent, specifically with like the guitar and like the rock and the kind of angsty songs. Reminds me of the How We Gonna Pay song. I don't know the title of that song. And then with the piano too, he does these gorgeous piano melodies that act as like the heart of the musicals. So it's having a personality in the musical game is really important. It's really such a shame that Jonathan Larson passed away at such a young age because I think he was only in his 30s when he died. And with how successful the Rent musical was, it's unfortunate because you just know he was going to be able to create so much more. But, you know, the, the legacy he left behind, I think, is really impactful and memorable. If you're a fan of musicals, I would definitely check out this musical. And if you enjoy films as well, why not check out the film adaptation of this musical? It's available on Netflix. You can watch it right now, you silly goober. I think the film does a great job of telling the story and showing it in creative ways. It didn't get boring to me. There is some fun choreography with dancing and the sets. It didn't feel bland. It felt they did a good job. So overall, I give the Tick Tick Boom 2021 film and musical an 8 out of 10. It was really cool for me to see the beginnings before the musical rent and you can you can see that growth between those two musicals you know in terms of characters and story building and just the craft in the making of music 
So yeah, I really wanted to talk about that film for quite a while now. Ever since I watched it, I thought to myself, you know what? Why can't we talk about musicals as well? It's music. I don't think my podcast needs to be limited to just songs by bands. So I thought I'd try something different and really talk myself silly about a, a musical that I enjoyed. And I'm sure that type of stuff will happen again in the future. But for now, hopefully you guys enjoyed today's episode. And if this is your first episode, go check out the other five episodes I've recorded for this podcast. And look forward to new episodes that are going to be coming out throughout 2022. With my busy season at work finally over, I should have more time after work for my creative endeavors. And yeah, I guess we'll end it here. This is McKay's Music Corner, signing off.